What is going on, everybody? Oh, the rap horn is dying. Yeah, three good ones in there. It's going to be a lit day today. Not lit as in drunk lit. Lit as in I'm just excited to be here. I don't know what it is, but I rode my bike home from work about not even 30 minutes ago. Busted a crazy sweat in my polo. YOLO. And when I got home, I was just like, man, I'm ready to do this thing. Let's go. So I had to bust out the rap horn. I even dressed all bro which you'll learn about later. But uh, as you all know, my name is Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. 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 We'll see how that echo worked. I'm curious. Uh, but we're coming at you live on Facebook. What's going on, Facebook? Um, be sure to follow us and like our page there if you want to uh, join in on the conversation as we do this thing. I think that makes it way more fun. So if you're listening elsewhere, please go to facebook.com slash abstract sports and uh, join in on the conversation every Wednesday around this time, 6 or 7 p.m. I'm changing the time around, but uh, if, if you follow us on the social media outlets, you know when we're going to be up. So some, a few things I want to talk about before we dive into sports. And to be honest, there's actually not a whole bunch of sports stuff. And I think that's only because baseball is the only sport in session. And it's kind of just, for me, it's just baseball is kind of blah, blah. You know, I, I just don't really enjoy baseball all that much. It's hard to be totally engaged throughout the entire season. And so that's the reason for me being blah. But here are some fun things that are sort of sports related in a way, um, but others not really. First of all, Shark Week. I believe Shark Week is going on right now. And one of the main events to kick off Shark Week was Michael Phelps racing a shark. Like they built it up like, you know, crazy big in their marketing and their promotions. They're like, the best swimmer of all time is going to race a shark. Oh my gosh, you want to be there. Be in front of your TV, ready for it. And people were ready for it. And it turns out that he was actually racing a simulated shark. It wasn't a real shark. It was just a CGI thing. And they had a few of them, like a hammerhead shark, great white, um, reef shark, stuff like that. And the, apparently the hammerhead ended up beating everybody. And But really the takeaway from it is that everybody was pissed off because it wasn't a real shark. But I mean, come on, did you really think... They were going to put Michael Phelps up against a shark in real life. The only way that would work is if they had like two tanks side by side with a big enough wall that the great, the great white wasn't going to like try to jump over and belly flop Michael Phelps like a seal. Cause you know, you see that on shark week every year and it's the best thing about it. Um, I know it's brutal and it's, it can be gory and bloody, but that's nature. That's just nature guys. You can't, you can't get down on nature cause that's just what nature do. Okay. Anyways, the Shark Week thing was a bust, at least the, the launch with Michael Phelps. But uh, in more other exciting news, I took a, a weekend trip with my wife to Twin Falls, Idaho. Went and hung out with my buddy Corbin. Uh, you guys probably have seen him on the podcast before when we did the NBA playoff breakdown. Uh, I hope to get him on here again sometime, but it's just got to be good timing. And usually basketball is our thing, so it's going to have to be around basketball topics. But uh, shout out to Corbin and his girlfriend for ho for hosting us there. Uh, we we went there for a kayaking trip. We had had this plan for a couple months, and uh, just a couple weeks ago, I finally was just like, "Dude, we got to get this thing going." So I was texting him uh, and making sure it was going to happen. 
and they were able to have work off and everything. And we went kayaking for a day and it's super fun. I, I totally recommend going kayaking. I mean, I'm not huge into like water sports or like really anything extreme, especially in deep, dangerous waters. Um, like kayaking on the ocean scares the crap out of me. But after being in the Snake River and floating like, you know, a mile and a half or so down the river and then coming back up the river, or sorry, we went, we went up river and then down river on the way back. But after doing that, I will do that again in a heartbeat. Maybe not in the ocean. That still scares me. But kayaking is a lot of fun. I mean, you just wear your life vest. So just in case you capsize like I did the one time, uh, you're going to be just fine. And the water feels nice when it's 95 degrees, you know, sun beating down on your back the entire day. So I definitely recommend giving that a try. Go go to your local recreation outlet and do some kayaking. Next time, I think I might do paddleboarding, see how that goes. But also while we were in Twin Falls, later that evening after kayaking, we went to the Meridian Raceway, you know, the classy people of Twin Falls, and uh, they put on a great example of what the people of Idaho really are like in, in their in their prime. And <laughs> we had a good time, though. They had some silly races. It was like the, the kickoff event for for more serious races for the season, at least I hope. Uh, one of the races, for example, all the cars had to have a like a big blue street dumpster on the back of their car, and, the, and they had to try racing around without it falling off. Uh, funny thing, one guy had his dumpster fall off into the back window of his car that had been knocked out, so his was not falling off. And I think the idea is that when everybody's falls off, then everybody just kind of takes off on a race. So kind of an interesting concept. I'd never seen that one before. And I, trust me, I've been to a few local raceways, so I know what those are like. But anyways, I had a lot of fun there. Um, beyond that, me and uh, Corbin went and did some Pokemon hunting. If you're a Pokemon fan, you know why. Uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later, okay? We're going to talk a little more about that later. But anyways, welcome to episode 19. Whoa, I got tangled up there because that said 8. Welcome to episode 19 of the pod. Glad to have you guys here. Uh, Look forward to uh, responding to comments later. Uh, But we've got some fun things to talk about today. Uh, Honestly, it's mostly NBA. I say that every day, but it's if it just happens to go that way, then it might just turn into an NBA podcast, and I'll just start an NBA section. Somebody wants to do baseball? Get at me. Somebody wants to do football, get at me, man or woman. Whoever wants to talk sports and wants an outlet to get their ideas out there and just uh, try to generate a conversation around their own ideas with sports, please get at me. I'll hook you up, and uh, we can get you on the airwaves on the Abstract Sports Podcast. But to start off, uh, one thing I heard of in the NFL this week was that Julio Jones lost a $150,000 earring in the ocean Apparently, he sent diving crews to go find it, but they didn't because water, big bodies of water are huge and earrings are small, so the odds are slim. (laughs) But I think it was probably worth it to him to send somebody down there to retrieve it just because, I mean, how much is a diving crew going to cost? Probably not 150 k You know, maybe you shouldn't spend your money on things like that, but obviously, when you have a ton of money... You can spend it on whatever you want. It's you, man. You do you. But I just don't think I could ever fathom uh, buying a $150,000 piece of jewelry, even for my wife. I just don't think Keltron's like that. Keltron doesn't like the the high dollar sign 
things. She'd rather have something natural, you know, not like, I mean, a di- you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's not like that. She'd rather have like shiny, shiny, uh, earth toned rocks you get from like local art fairs and craft fairs and stuff. So glad I have a, a low maintenance girl. No. <laughs> Anyways, getting a little bit too, too mushy, but as far as baseball goes, I really have nothing. I've got no baseball. I just, if you saw before, or I guess it was in the intro, I was really talking some smack. No? When was that? Holy crap. When was I talking about it? I think I already talked about it in the intro, but baseball, man, is just kind of blah. That's how I feel about it right now. Um, the season at this point is just dragging on. You know, they just had the All-Star Weekend with the Home Run Derby and all that couple weeks ago they got back into action um, but really no big stories going on like for example brad here in on facebook said that he is uh, watching battle bots but uh, i know that one of his relatives has a has a bot in that tournament and he's done he's been very successful in that tournament in the past so that just shows you right there how exciting baseball is to brad he he doesn't watch baseball unless he can go to a game a local game with me because that's the only that's the only way I can really enjoy it. If there's nothing else on and I'm just sitting there eating dinner, sure, if there's a sports ball game on, put it on. But man, BattleBots it is for Brad. Um so in the NBA, there's been a few things in the news. A few few news items, if you will. So apparently, news broke out that Kyrie Irving wanted a trade from the Cavaliers. <laughs> Mind blown. Who saw that coming? When I mean, when that news first came out, I like, I did one of these. I like dropped my phone and look at my friend who was there. I'm just like, dude, Kyrie wants out of Cleveland. And whoever, I don't remember who I was talking to. I think it was my friend Micah. And he just looks at me. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And he couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Even LeBron James himself couldn't believe it. Uh, but people are saying that LeBron's can't put the news out to start a big media frenzy. Um, and Slam Magazine put out an article saying that, quote, LeBron was eager for Kyrie to get traded. And that's paraphrased. Um, and they put that out on Twitter. And LeBron tweeted back at them saying, hashtag not facts, people. Boo, get another source. So who knows if LeBron's company uh, broke the news to the media so that they can like hustle this along or get some views out of it. I don't know what it is, but I don't think LeBron's like actually excited for him to leave Cleveland. Um, Who knows? Maybe LeBron's doing him a favor by, by getting the news out early so that when the season starts next year, there's not a bunch of weight on Kyrie's shoulders. Um, but even even people like uh, Damian Lillard came out saying, like, who wouldn't want to play with LeBron James? It's like a cakewalk to the NBA Finals every single year. And it's like, yeah, that's a good point. But when LeBron is taking the spotlight, he's also taking all of the endorsements and all of the um, off-the-court spotlight. He's, You know, maybe Kyrie wants to expand in the endorsement field. I mean, he's obviously got his own shoes that are kind of blowing up. I've seen them before. I almost bought some. But I didn't because they're expensive. Um, but 
he has a lot going for him. I just think that like the some of the main outlets, like the jump, I believe, they were saying that uh, Kyrie wants to be the spotlight of a team. Um, he is, I mean, he's, I honestly, people say that LeBron steal his can steal his spotlight in a game, but I honestly saw Kyrie perform more than LeBron. So when I was watching a Cleveland Cavaliers game, Kyrie would make some ridiculous plays, and it would happen every time I watched him handle the ball. And he does that on a consistent basis. He's also very clutch. He can hit game winners. I mean, he did it, you know, two years ago, uh, the 2016 NBA Finals, when he hit that shot over Steph Curry. Um, and then in on Christmas Day, he hit that shot over Clay Thompson, one of the best defenders in the league, um, you know, perimeter defenders, lockdown kind of guy. So Kyrie can get it done. I just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to gauge, you know, because on one hand, Damian Lillard is right. Like, if you can be with LeBron James and coast to the NBA Finals every year and have a chance of winning a championship, that's great. But if you're not happy doing that, you you feel like you can you can get more value in your life by doing it on your own with another team or, you know, doing it with some with some other players. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's just like Kevin Durant. I mean, it. I mean, obviously this is a bit more extreme because Kevin Durant left the team that beat them in the finals the year before in this, and that was like the conference finals and he went to the other team, but Kyrie Irving, I mean, there's no, he hasn't picked a team. He hasn't been traded yet. None of that's happened. There's talks about the San Antonio Spurs who are in the West. So it wouldn't be like he's leaving for an Eastern conference rival. That would cause more drama. Um, I have a cat in the background tearing up some cardboard, like a, just uh, just a bad bad word I don't know what else to say <laughs> um but anyways Kyrie Irving probably getting traded um I'm kind of excited to see where he goes because no matter where he goes he's going to make a huge impact on that team if he does go to the Spurs you got him and Kawhi Leonard uh they may be losing LaMarcus Aldridge but Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving are two of the best players in their position in the league and I can't help but think of like the Houston Rockets. That's a pretty good comparison. You got Chris Paul, one of the most assistingest point guards in the league, and you got James Harden, who also averaged like what was it like forty points in the playoffs last year, <laughs> or just this recent playoffs. So two really big Western teams emerging. The Lakers, you know, the youngness, the youngness, the youth. They may not be able to combat those two teams. If I mean, if Kyrie joins the Spurs, that'll make it even harder. Um, but that just changes the picture up a little bit. Uh, if he goes to the West, though, it makes the West even more stacked, I feel like, because Kyrie is a high-profile player. Uh, he's an all-star. He's a superstar, man. He's the guy you want on your team. But uh, another thing that's sort of related to this, um, I, as I've said before, my, my buddies and I, we have a group chat going, and, and uh, we always like to talk sports. A lot of times it's, NSFW. So, um, I took some screenshots of the conversation we had yesterday. I believe it was, I hope they're cool with me, uh, recollecting this and putting it out on the podcast. Cause I think it's hilarious stuff. Um, so this is getting into part of the title for episode 19 of the abstract sports podcast in terms of, uh, NBA fight squad. <laughs> so NBA fight squad, uh, where that comes from is my friend Clay posed a question to our group text that I'm involved in, and I, I just thought it made for some great content. So here it goes. He asked 
us to start out the conversation. Who wins in a fight, LeBron or Kyrie? And, you know, when you hear that question, you're probably like, oh, that's easy, LeBron. And I responded, LeBron, I'll take Kyrie one-on-one, though. Because, I mean, Kyrie is too fast. The handles, LeBron can't, he can't do it. He can't make, he can't, he can't stop Kyrie with those moves, man. Uh, And then Charles, who has contributed to the blog as well, uh, he says LeBron would win easy. But LeBron versus DeMarcus Cousins. And this is where things start to get interesting because... It starts to make me think like if we could have players like current players in the NBA fight against each other, who would be the players that you would never want to mess with? And to be honest, DeMarcus Cousins is like numero uno. He's the guy you don't mess with. I mean, have you seen his attitude when he plays games and a guy of his size? If you even tried hurting him, he'd just look at you and you'd go flying. Like, I don't know how else to put it. He's just a big dude. A big, scary dude. I wouldn't want to fight with DeMarcus. Or Boogie. I wouldn't want to fight with Boogie. Um, <laughs> and Corbin responds with, Boogie beats bronze ass 100. With a 100 emoji. <laughs> I think so too, but LeBron's kind of feisty. He's not as big as he used to be. He's lost some weight in the last four or five years. But... DeMarcus Cousins is a fighter, man. I feel like he would fit right in with the bad boys in Detroit back in the 80s. Um, my response to that was just like, Boogie's a monster. He is the Boogie monster. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how the conversation got started. Um, but then we started talking about like people like Russell Westbrook. He's similar to, to like Boogie as well in the, in the sense that he's got this look in his eyes. And I in the text I was saying, <laughs> oh, where is it at? Where is it at? Oh, where did it go? Yeah, there it is. I was saying that uh, Russell Westbrook could kill somebody with his glare. I said he's got that psycho about him. And it's it's just one of those things when somebody's in that mentality of trying to win the game, they're, they're putting all their effort and energy into the game. You kind of get that look in your eyes like, whatever comes at me, I'm going to defeat it, you know? And... Russell Westbrook and DeMarcus Cousins are a couple of those guys that are like that. People who I, would, I wouldn't I would even worry about would be like Kawhi Leonard. And that's just because he's so quiet. And like like even Coach Popovich said, says he doesn't even breathe. Or no, not Coach Pop. It was uh, the team in the, in the playoffs that was standing, standing against him. Oh, uh, Coach Fizz from the Grizzlies. He was saying, <laughs> he's like, he, he doesn't breathe, man. He's a robot. I was standing next to him on the inbounds play and I was watching him. He wasn't breathing. He's not human. And so, I mean, there's a sense where like (laughs) you're not human, so you're not scary. But then there's a sense where you're like, dang, that's a lot of human. And that's what I think of DeMarcus Cousins. (laughs) That's a big guy. Um, But that look, man, that'll scare scare you away. It makes you not want to fight him. So I think Russell Westbrook has that going on for him. But one of my... uh, the guy I brought up was, uh, where is it? Where did it go? I must have skipped a screenshot or something, but it was Ron Artest. And no, not not Meta World Peace, not the guy who's had therapy sessions uh, to help get his mind right. I'm talking Ron Artest before he bottled everything up. Like back in the 90s when he played for the Pacers and that fight broke out in the, in the crowd 
and he was he jumped over the scores table and he's beating the crap out of multiple fans. Fans are throwing chairs at players and coaches. That was a scary time. Obviously, you don't want anybody anybody get hurt. This is all hypothetical. I'm just thinking like if we could put players against each other, that would be awesome. But when I I said run our test for a reason because like the current meta world piece would not be able. I don't know. He's I think he's gone soft a little bit, just a little bit. But Ron Artest, man, he'll throw some chingasos. Um, but another person I mentioned would be like Draymond Green. He's one of those guys that he he trash he he talks a lot of trash and then he backs it up on the court with his playing and his performance. I think he would do the exact same in a fight. He would talk a lot of smack, and then he would just destroy you. He'd knock you out, KO instantly, with a right hook or maybe a or maybe a a drop kick to the groin. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, another person Corbin brought up, though, would be like Ben Wallace. If we're talking historic players, um, what's funny is he also played for the Pistons, but this is after the big bo- the the bad boys. This is when uh, they had Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace is another guy I wouldn't mess with. Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace are two guys that would scare me. Um, and Corbin did admit that uh, he hated to admit it, but Draymond would be up there on the list. Um <laughs> and then Charles following up with the other side of the conversation. He says, Gordon Hayward, anybody? And when I think Gordon Hayward and on the NBA fight squad, I don't, I don't think he would stand a chance. I think he's more like the guy that just sits back and he's got your back if something happens, but maybe not. And so you're not comfortable if you go into a fight with somebody. Um, Gordon Hayward's he's kind of soft. I mean, in the NBA, in terms of his performance and his skill and and what he can do and everything, I think he picked up, his confidence went through the roof after the All Star weekend because he it was his debut year as an All Star, um, and that took him to a new level. And after that, he was just dunking on everybody. And I've mentioned that before, and that but that's just different. Like a guy that w- that will fight and will win is not Gordon Hayward. I'm sorry, but it, it does pose another question. It's like who are the NBA players you do not want to mess with and who are the ones that you could destroy? Like you just feel like you could beat them up. I mean, Gordon Hayward, he'll take you on the sticks. If you, you play him in some, some cod or some halo. Uh, I heard he was one of the top ranked players for a while while he was in college. So he might beat you there, but I don't think any of the other guys we mentioned would get beat up by Gordon Hayward. Sorry, Hayward. I like you, man, but I don't think you'd win. (laughs) so that is kind of where a conversation went dennis rodman edward on facebook says dennis rodman he's got he's got the legitimate crazy eyes like i was i was talking about uh westbrook having the psycho about him i mean like and when i think of that so going back like russell westbrook before games he's like sitting there like rapping to himself and like dancing and like you don't know who he's looking at it's like he's looking at his invisible friend that's right there in front of him and he's like hey he's singing the singing the lyrics and all this stuff that's kind of crazy but Dennis Rodman is like actually psycho and maybe you can get that from his hairdo he was changing up every game um or maybe it was just like his his tenacity and everything that he did like when he when there was a loose ball there's a really iconic image of him diving full out for a loose ball and He's like horizontal, man. 
And he's like four feet, five feet off the ground, just launched himself. And in the picture, there's nobody else around him. But that just shows how much effort he puts into his play. And so, I mean, that type of drive and motivation, plus like the the earrings, the nose rings, and and heck, all the cross-dressing and stuff, he's got a little bit of crazy about him, man. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging. I'm not dogging on anybody. But I'm just saying, Dennis Rodman, people kind of associate him with like, whoa, man, he went, he went overboard. Um, but I would not mess with Dennis Rodman. He was one of those beast guys back in the 90s. Charles Barkley is up there too on my list. Uh, Charles also mentioned Bill Lambeer. Oh, man. Larry Bird could probably throw down, too. I wouldn't mess with Larry Bird. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I knew more players from back in the day. I might have to go pull up NBA 2K someday. Oh, yeah, that's also true. Edward on Facebook says, or his visit to North Korea. I don't know how I thought. didn't think of that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, yeah, him, like, being the only American allowed in North Korea visiting King, uh, Kim Jong-un, Jong-un. Yeah. He's, he's in touch with the crazies. Therefore by association, he is also crazy. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. Brad on Facebook says minute bull. Oh my gosh. You could snap that man in half. You can, <laughs> Oh geez. He's like some of the pictures of minute bull standing next to like Muggsy Bogues. Those were like, kind of gross. I mean, Manute Bowl is a big guy and his, I think his son, his son is in the NBA or he's going into college or he is in college. I don't remember, but his name's Bull Bull. And he's going to be similar to his dad. He's going to be a huge guy, but if he could put a little bit of weight on him, I mean, his legs are going to be shot early in his career anyway, just because of his height and that's uncontrollable. Um, but man, the pictures of Manute Bowl with with like the super high shorts and you could see like every bone in his leg and like comes down to his knee and it's just like you see the knee and the joint. It's like a, an x-ray without having to do an x-ray. <laughs> but yeah, just because he's big. I wouldn't mess with Shaq though either. Shaq is one of those guys who is big and big. <laughs> he's not tall and skinny. He is He's a chunky throwdown kind of guy. Like, if you've ever seen that massive dunk that he had on, like, Sean... No, it wasn't Sean Bradley. Who was it? I don't know who it was. Some white guy. (laughs) That's all I know. But he just goes up and does his classic, like, two-handed under-the-rim pull and, like, kicks his legs out. And he, like, ends up wrapping his legs around the guy and his momentum pushes the guy down onto the ground, pisses the guy off, and he picks up, grabs the basketball and chucks it after Shaq because he's going down the court. And the look on Shaq's face is just like, I'm just doing my work, man. Like he didn't, he didn't even say anything, but he's just like, I don't know what you're mad about. I was, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I get paid millions to do that to people like you. <laughs> so Shaq is another guy you don't mess with. But anyways, that's, that's the NBA fight club. Shout out to Clay, Charles and Corbin for, uh, coming up with a great topic for the podcast. <laughs> Um, but another thing in the NBA that I saw that was really, really interesting was a stat that Sports Center put out, uh, or no, Bleacher Report put this this graphic out on Twitter. And I think my phone's going to die. I hope not. Let me see what it's at. Can I see what it's at? 
while the stream is going? Can I see? Oh, 34%. We're good. We're set, guys. We're good. But on Bleacher Report, they put out a thing saying that the Warriors and Cavs now have all the MVP winners from 2009 to 2016. What? <laughs> that is insane. How does that happen? I mean, you know, 2017's Russell Westbrook. So what if Russell Westbrook goes and joins somebody? I don't know. That's not going to happen. Now, he's not going to join either of those teams. But, dude, 2009, LeBron James. 2010, LeBron James. 2011, Derrick Rose. That was when he was, like, in his prime before he got injured upon injured upon injured. Uh, 2012 and 13, also LeBron James. And then you got 15, 16. Oh, whoops. 14 is Kevin Durant, where he went full... Uh, you the real MVP, Mama Durant. You the real MVP. You know that whole speech. 2014 for him, and then 15 and 16 for Steph Curry, back to back. So that just kind of tells you how how elite it is at the top of each conference. I mean, when you have that many MVPs on a team, well, I guess you know two MVPs in terms of players, but multiple times over. That's just scary. I mean, I mean, obviously there's there's more MVPs in the trickle down, like you know, oh, 2008, seven, six, five. But back then, those guys could be retired already, you know. So you start thinking about Kobe Bryant, um, and people like Tim Duncan, and so it's it's just crazy to think about. But hopefully, it's not so lopsided next year with Kyrie on the move. Um, I mean, honestly, I hope he does go to an Eastern team. I'll just throw that out there. I hope he goes to an Eastern team that can give them the Eastern Conference a boost to try and take over the Cavs. But then again, I also want—I wouldn't mind seeing him go to the Spurs and help them try to take out the Warriors or the Rockets, for that matter. So yeah, that's the interesting stat for you today. Um, and now, before we get into the weekly question and discussion. Uh, I'm already, I'm only 30 minutes in. I'm, this is actually going to be a quick one, but as you see in the title, I mentioned Pokemon gone wild. And that's part of the reason why I'm dressed up like I am today. Okay. Let me give you a little backstory. So when I like, I feel like sometimes when I meet new people, especially when I was in college and stuff, um, and high school for that matter, people kind of associated me with the jock stereotype because I mean I I played on the basketball team and I hung out with some of the guys there but I had friends in every different circle you could imagine and so I don't consider myself a jock I just consider myself a nice dude (laughs) but I can I've been told that I have two uh what's the word I'm going for two outfits I have two outfits I have the the bro outfit which I've got going now you know, I've got a, it's not like the most bro polo, but it is a polo that's unbuttoned and I've got my, my flat bill on backwards with my Ray-Ban knockoff shades. Okay. That's pretty bro, but I also have the dad look. That's the other look I have bro and dad. And you know what? Those are like opposite ends of the spectrums for dudes. One is not mature at all. One is very mature. I got it all, man. What can I say? But anyways, what I'm trying to get at is that when it comes to Pokemon Go, 
you know, people just associate it with people who are like super nerds and they don't get outside and they don't have any friends and all this stuff. But the beautiful thing about a game like Pokemon Go is that obviously it's open to everybody. Any And like it, it makes you get out there and you, you have to go out and do it. You have to step out of your shell to go out and do it. So those people who do stay inside a lot and don't have a lot of friends now have a reason to go out and make friends and they have a way to go out and make friends. I would never knock on that ever. And like, I've heard people ever since Pokemon go came out, man, people just hating on it. Like I get it when people aren't paying attention, they're walking around with their phones in their hand like this and you know, they can get in people's way. I mean, I'll admit I'm not going to lie. Not that long ago, I ran into a poll. There you go. I, I'm telling you, I ran into a poll, all right? But I just hatched a Dratini from a, a, a 5K egg, and it gave me enough candies to evolve into a Dragonair. And I was super stoked about it. And so I was looking at which drag, Dratini I could evolve. And then wham, there's a pole in front of me. What are you going to do? At least I didn't walk into traffic like a dummy. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm on the sidewalk. It was also dark out. I couldn't see the pole. There were multiple things against my, uh, me running into that pole that night. So I, I get all those, those arguments like, oh, people don't pay attention. Oh, people are on their phone too much. La la la. But then you think about this group of people who may not have a large group, may not have that many friends, but now they have a means to go out and do that and have, have something to talk about with people when they go out out there in public. And for people like me, like, I think it's funny when people associate me with the the jock type because growing up I was very much a video gamer and a Pokemon card player and I collected all kinds of things like that. Um, I just happened to play sports as well and I'm super passionate about that too. But Pokemon Go is like a nostalgia thing, man. I think about back to my childhood when, you know, I go to the card store. Me and my friend that I grew up with next door, we we would go to the card store every weekend and uh, our parents would give us enough money to buy at least one pack of Pokemon cards, you know? And back then that was like generation one Pokemon, the originals like Pikachu and Squirtle and Charmander and Bulbasaur, those ones, you know? And I remember going in there one day and I open my pack and you know, what you do is you, you like go one by one, you flip them to the back and you just, you don't want to like fan them all out at once. That just kind of ruins the surprise, you know, but I opened a pack one time and I'm like flipping through, flipping through. I couldn't believe it. I pulled a holographic Blastoise in a basic starter pack. Okay. I lost it. I lost it just because of the, the sheer odds of pulling that card out of a pack it was so exciting. And so playing Pokemon go brings back that nostalgia for me, you know, like now you're going out and you're catching Pokemon and whatnot and you're hatching eggs. I compare like hatching eggs to uh, you pulling cards out of packs, you know, finding out which one is uh, the best one in the pack. When you hatch your egg, that's going to be like, it's like a surprise Pokemon, you know. But I went bro for the Pokemon Go segment just because I want to shush the haters. Like I'm just sick of people hating on people who get out there and play a game, whether it's on a mobile device or not. I don't care. At least people are getting out there and being active. Like I could, if my, if I wasn't running my, my podcast from my phone right now, I would tell you how many kilometers I've walked in the history since I, since Pokemon Go came out over a little over a year ago, I can guarantee it is a long distance. 
And because of this game, it makes me go out and walk around or bike around or run around. So if you're hating on it, just know that people are getting a lot of good stuff out of this game, more than just entertainment, but also a means to make friends, an ease to make friends because they have conversation starters and they're getting a little bit of exercise. What can you hate on about that? But anyways, that's kind of when in the, in the intro when I was talking about Pokemon Go, I, me and my friend Corbin went out to, um, you know, on Sunday morning, I was just getting ready to, for the day. And he's like, Hey man, we got to go to the post office right away. I'm like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, why do you got to go to the post office on a Sunday? And uh, Corbin's a lot like me, like big sports guy and, but very nerdy at the same time. Like, I mean, everybody's a nerd. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. Everybody's a nerd, but I'm talking nerds and in terms of like video games and, and knowledge about quirky things like Pokemon, you know? Um, but anyways, he's like, we've got to go to the post office because my friend is going to meet us there. The legendary birds came out today. And if you're a Pokemon Go player, you, you probably know the excitement around that. But we get to the post office and there's like 15 people there already. And me and Corbin show up and we've got like two more, three more people coming. We had like 20 people for this one raid and it was the coolest thing. Like, <laughs> you know, a bunch of people you don't know, you're like, what Pokemon are you going to use in this battle? Like, what level are you, man? Where are you from? You know, just that kind of stuff. I mean, I wasn't engaging that much conversation. I had just woke up. I was dead tired. Um, video is froze. This shouldn't be froze. I hope that's your connection and not mine. I wonder if it's because I'm getting I'm getting notifications from Snapchat. That might be why the Facebook live stream is, uh, is freezing up a little bit. But we'll be all right. Um, but anyways, like... After that one raid, everybody that was there said, oh, there's a Lugia over at the the community college campus. So you guys want to head over there? And we're like, sure. So we all hopped in our respective vehicles. We drove over to that spot and we battled that thing. And I actually caught that one. And it was just a cool thing to see these people come out of the woodwork for this game. People you'd never met before. And if I didn't have friends or if I like, um, you know, was in a more uppity mood that day, I could have met some new people and had some more connections in twin falls, you know? So I don't see what's to hate about Pokemon go. There are some things about it that people need to be more aware and, and, and conscious of the time spent on their phone and not talking to their loved ones and whatnot, but just know that it's doing a lot for those people. I'm just telling you from personal perspective. Um, so yeah, Pokemon go, not really sports related. You're probably thinking, where's the sports in Pokemon go? Let me tell you, it's about being active. I mean, you look at like the, what is it called? The 60 minutes a day thing that they always push with the NFL. They encourage kids to get outside and play for 60 minutes a day and be active, you know, run around, play tag, uh, dodgeball, basketball, whether it's a sport or just, just something active, ride your bike around the neighborhood for an hour. You know, Pokemon Go is like that thing for people of all ages. It gives you a reason and a good reason a motivating reason to get outside and put in your 60 minutes or however many kilometers you want to walk, you know, and I'm talking kilometers because that's what the game is played in because, you know, America is the only country in the world that doesn't uh, use the metric system. So, (laughs) but Pokemon Go, not a sport, but has some things that have to do with sports. And I think it's important to talk about that. So there you go. We just talked Pokemon Go on the Abstract Sports Podcast. What up?
Now for the weekly question and discussion. So last week I asked you guys uh, to talk about focus or like think about the word focus and where you see it in sports and then where you can compare that to real life. And I've got a couple of pretty good examples, I think, for both of those things. So focus, when I, when I think of focus, there's a lot of different levels. Every, these intangibles, they apply to so many different levels of, the, of any sport that it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. Like I should just make an index of these things and it'd be like a definition software where you can click on a sport and it tells you where these things exist. But it's hard to pinpoint. You can't really track it. You can't measure it. So we'll see. But I think about baseball when it comes to focus. For one, as I've said earlier in this stream, baseball can be kind of boring unless you're at the game. So if you're an outfielder and you're like dilly-dallying around like la-la-la and you're just waiting for pitches, it's kind of easy to lose focus because there's not a ton of action. Like you got to they got to throw the ball back to the pitcher. He's got to pick a pitch and then throw it again. You got like a lull every single few seconds, you know? So you got to stay focused. You got to have your eyes on the ball. They always that's the thing that your dad always teaches you. Your mom always teaches you. Whoever taught you to catch a ball, they always say, "Keep your eye on the ball." They, that's what they say. And it's like a catchphrase that they beat into your skull until you're like five years old and you're like, you see a ball and you're just like following it around. I mean, think about Harry Potter catching the snitch. Eye on the snitch, man. You can't take your eyes off it or it's gone. That's a weird reference. I never talk about Harry Potter. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but I see, I, I see baseball has a lot of focus because it's such a laid back game uh, but then you have balls that fly at superhuman speeds. Like, you're, say you're taking a pitch, uh, like a fastball from one of the best pitchers in the MLB. He's throwing 102 miles an hour. And they say to keep your eye on the ball. It's kind of hard to keep your eye on the ball when you're he's only so far away from you and he's throwing it that fast. You can't see it. It's just a blur. People say that, or in a documentary I watched, one of those ESPN 30 for 30s, we watched uh, the one called Fastball. And baseball players were saying that when you see a pitch coming at you, all you really see are the threads on the baseball. And that's how you recognize what type of pitch it is. So there's a little bit of IQ and and development that you have to do and like have a lot of at bats to know what pitches you're seeing. Um, But also you have to keep your eye on that ball all the way up till it comes to you. And most times I just imagine like you have to be ready to swing like right as the ball is coming out of their hand. And so if, if they're going to throw a fastball, you've got to know in your head that you're going to swing. And then you just got to hope that you put the bat close to where your eyes are going when it's coming at you. So that takes a lot of focus. And to not be thinking about whether you're going to get hit by a pitch that could kill you if it hits you in the right spot, and instead focusing on that ball and hoping you can get a hit, that is miraculous to me. That's something that I wish I could do. Like I've stood in a, a batting cage with 60 mile an hour pitches coming at me. Uh, Hey Edward, thanks for stopping through on the Facebook stream, man. Come through next week, uh, next Wednesday, uh, six or seven o'clock is when I'll be doing it. Um, be sure to follow us on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, just look for abstract sports. So if you have any of those, get at us and uh, we hope to see you next week. Um, so I definitely see baseball has a lot of focus, but obviously it's everywhere. And to bring it to back to real life, um, I think of this guy, I've mentioned him before, but his name's Gary Vaynerchuk. He's an entrepreneur, uh, CEO of a media company in New York city. 
Um, he talks about there being like the micro and the macro and, and he's talking about things that you do in a day. So like he says that you have to be focused on the macro. So like, obviously you're trying to achieve these big goals. Like, like you want to earn enough money to buy something for a million dollars. Let's just throw that out there. But in order to do that, you have to do the things on the day to day basis that earn you the money to get you that $1 million that you can then buy the thing you want. And so what he, he's talking about the macro level, he's saying you've got to be focused on the small things in your day. You've got to be efficient and fast and focused on what you're doing so you can get more efficient and get quicker with it because time is money. Like the quicker you can do certain tasks, the more money you can make. And in the long run, you could earn that $1 million you want to buy that thing, whatever it is. So you've, it's almost like that is like an example of focusing on like a task at hand and, and or like a bunch of tasks at once. Just thinking in your mind, like, I've got to do this quick. Let's bust this out and then do the same for the next thing. So you have got to have a lot of discipline to do that as well. Um, and I imagine there's a lot of teamwork. Like one person can't do something. So if you have a question, you instead of like chatting them and hoping that they get back to you, you call them be like, I need a quick answer. That's efficiency right there. Like say you have, you're in cubicles and your friends across the way and chat. You don't know if they're going to get back to you. If they're right there, walk over and ask them. You'll get the answer right away. Get back to your desk, go to work. Like it's about being focused. And if that means getting up and moving 20 feet to ask the question, do it, man. So I don't know. Those are my two examples of focus. Feel free to uh, drop a comment. Let us know what you think of where where that shows up in sports, uh, but also real life. I mean, it's it's very vague as as always with these intangibles, but they have some some substance to them. If you really look, you can you can learn more about what you're doing, um, and you can maybe alter something slightly uh, just so you can have a little bit more support within your team or or uh, be more disciplined in your tasks. Um, just staying focused. So that's the weekly question and discussion for this week. And I believe, let me double check. Oh, let me go to the website, abstractsports.com. That probably sounded really nice. Um, go to the intangibles. Yeah, we are on the last one. And this is a big one. This is huge. This, this plays a big role in your life. We're talking about confidence. So for the weekly question and discussion for next week, be thinking about confidence, where you see that in sports. And I mean, a lot of imagery comes to mind when I think confidence. But then also think about how confidence impacts you in your real life, not on a basketball court, football field, baseball diamond, whatever, ice rink. I don't care. Think about it from a sports perspective and then also think about it from a life perspective. Those are the two important things about abstract sports. So um, that's all I've got for you guys today. Managed to draw that segment out, uh, to about 50 minutes, 50 minute podcast or so. That's awesome, man. Um, but if you're watching this on Facebook all the time and you want to do, have a more passive way of listening, uh, feel free to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, just look for abstract sports. You will find us there. Uh, please drop a comment give us a review. Let us know what you think about our content, things like that. Um, but you'll definitely want to follow us, like us, subscribe on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, 
and look for Abstract Sports. That's our handle on everything. YouTube, you'll just have to look for us and find us. Um, I think I'm going to put together a YouTube video from this segment talking about Pokemon Go because I think it will reach out to like a um, the some of the esports community, but also a different type of community that I'm I want to welcome into the Abstract Sports realm because um, sports aren't just things that involve uh, muscly men and and throwing a ball into a goal. It's about sports are very human things. Sports, I like to call sports the um, the universal medium of humanity. It's a way, something that everybody can participate in, um, of all shapes and forms, sizes, genders, color of your skin doesn't matter. Sports are accepting. So, anyways, thank you guys for tuning tuning in. <laughs> tuning, wow! Thanks for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are. Give us a follow, and we'll be sure to keep the energy up the next time we do this, uh, which is every Wednesday around 6 or 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time.